right now on VFN TV. We're going to dedicate our entire program to an awesome answer to prayer. That's right, a press conference with our new president, President Donald Trump, and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as our countries come together, stand together, and have a new plan for peace for the Middle East right now on VFN TV. Welcome to VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. That's L-I-G-H-T, light, with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome to VFN TV. I'm Greg Lancaster, and joining me just a moment is Steve Kalaszewski. Well, we prayed for years. We went through a real difficult time and, uh, as the church and as Israel. We saw some, some horrific things taking place in the last leadership of our country. We saw the enemies of Israel and Christians emboldened. We saw uh, funding going to places you thought would never be funded. And we saw nuclear capabilities being given to the enemy of Israel. And you're thinking, you know, what's going to happen next? Well, we prayed and God answered. And the answer was a new president that says, as America, we stand together with Israel. We're going to move our embassy, hopefully from Tel Aviv to, to Jerusalem. And we are the greatest friend of Israel. I didn't say that. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that at the press conference that we're about to show you. Understand the context of this press conference. This press conference is two kings, two leaders, a president and a prime minister of American Israel coming together, reestablishing our relationship. And remember this, the creator of the universe said, if you bless Israel, I'm going to bless you. America has a huge blessing coming and we're seeing it manifest right here at this press conference. Let's go to the White House now and join President Donald Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, as they meet for the very first time publicly in America. And I want you to remember this too before we go there. Do you remember how the last president treated Prime, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu? And it was, it was just very disrespectful, very dishonoring. Well, guess what? President Trump talks about that. Let's join him now. Today, I have the honor of welcoming my friend, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, to the White House. With this visit, the United States again reaffirms our unbreakable bond with our cherished ally, Israel. The partnership between our two countries, built on our shared values, has advanced the cause of human freedom dignity and peace. These are the building blocks of democracy. The State of Israel is a symbol to the world of resilience in the face of oppression. You can think of no other state that's gone through what they've gone, and of survival in the face of genocide. We will never forget what the Jewish people have endured. Your perseverance in the face of hostility, your open democracy in the face of violence, and your success in the face of tall arts is truly inspirational. The security challenges faced by Israel are enormous, including the threat of Iran's nuclear ambitions, which I've talked a lot about. One of the worst deals I've ever seen is the Iran deal. My administration has already imposed new sanctions on Iran, and I will do more to prevent Iran from ever developing, I mean ever, a nuclear weapon. Our security assistance to Israel is currently at an all-time high, ensuring that Israel has the ability to defend itself from threats, of which there are, unfortunately, many 
Both of our countries will continue and grow. We have a long history of cooperation in the fight against terrorism and the fight against those who do not value human life. America and Israel are two nations that cherish the value of all human life. This is one more reason why we reject unfair and one-sided actions against Israel at the United Nations, which has treated Israel, in my opinion, very, very unfairly, or other international forums, as well as boycotts that target Israel. Our administration is committed to working with Israel and our common allies in the region towards greater security and stability. That includes working toward a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. The United States will encourage a peace and really a great peace deal. We'll be working on it very, very diligently. Very important to me also, something we want to do. But it is the parties themselves who must directly negotiate such an agreement. We'll be beside them. We'll be working with them. As with any successful negotiation, both sides will have to make compromises. You know that, right? <laughs> I want the Israeli people to know that the United States stands with Israel in the struggle against terrorism. As you know, Mr. Prime Minister, our two nations will always condemn terrorist acts. Peace requires nations to uphold the dignity of human life and to be a voice for all of those who are endangered and forgotten. Those are the ideals to which we all and will always aspire and commit. This will be the first of many productive meetings. And I again, Mr. Prime Minister, thank you very much for being with us today. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you. President Trump, thank you for the truly warm hospitality you and uh, Melania have shown me, my wife Sarah, our entire delegation. I deeply value your friendship. To me, to the State of Israel, it was so clearly evident in the words you just spoke. Israel has no better ally than the United States. And I want to assure you, the United States has no better ally than Israel. Our alliance has been remarkably strong. But under your leadership, I'm confident it will get even stronger. I look forward to uh, working with you to dramatically upgrade our alliance in every field, in security, in technology, in cyber and trade, and so many others. And I certainly welcome your forthright call to ensure that Israel is treated fairly in international forums and that the slander and boycotts of Israel are resisted mightily by the power and moral position of the United States of America. As you have said, 
Our alliance is based on a, on a deep bond of common values and common interests. And increasingly, those values and interests are under attack by one malevolent force, radical Islamic terror. Mr. President, you've, uh, you've shown great clarity and courage in confronting this challenge head on. You call for confronting Iran's terrorist regime, preventing Iran from realizing this uh, terrible deal into a nuclear arsenal. And you have said that the United States is committed to preventing Iran from getting nuclear weapons. You call for the defeat of ISIS. Under your leadership, I believe we can reverse the rising tide of radical Islam. And in this great task, as in so many others, Israel stands with you, and I stand with you. Mr. President, in rolling back militant Islam, we can seize an historic opportunity. Because for the first time in my lifetime, and for the first time in the life of my country, Arab countries in the region do not see Israel as an enemy, but increasingly as an ally. And I believe that under your leadership, this change in our region creates an unprecedented opportunity to strengthen security and advance peace. Let us seize this moment together. Let us bolster security. Let us seek new avenues of peace. And let us bring the remarkable alliance between Israel and the United States to even greater heights. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Again, thank you. We'll take a couple of questions. David Brody, that's Christian Broadcasting. David? Thank you, Mr. President, Mr. Prime Minister. Uh, both of you have crit criticized the Iran nuclear deal and at times even called for its repeal. I'm wondering if you're concerned at all as it relates to not just the um, National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, who is recently no longer here, but also some of those events that have been going on with communication in Russia, if that is going to hamper this deal at all and whether or not it would keep Iran from becoming a nuclear state. And, and secondly, on the settlement issue, are you both on the same page? How do you exactly term that as it relates to the settlement issue? Thank you. Michael Flynn, General Flynn, is a wonderful man. I think he's been treated very, very unfairly by the media, um, as I call it, the fake media in many cases. And uh, I think it's really a sad thing that he was treated so badly. I think in addition to that, uh, from intelligence, uh, papers are being leaked, things are being leaked. It's criminal action, criminal act. And it's been going on for a long time, before me. But now it's really going on. And people are trying to cover up for a terrible loss that the Democrats had under Hillary Clinton. I think it's very, very unfair what's happened to General Flynn, the way he was treated, and the documents and papers that were illegally, I stress that, illegally leaked. Very, very unfair. As far as settlements, I'd like to see you hold back on settlements for a little bit. Uh, we'll uh, work something out, but I would like to see a deal be made. I think a deal will be made. 
I know that every president would like to. Most of them have not started till late because they never thought it was possible. And it wasn't possible because they didn't do it. But Bibi and I have known each other a long time. A smart man, great negotiator. And I think we're going to make a deal. It might be a bigger and better deal than people in this room even understand. That's a possibility. So let's see what we do. Let's try it. Doesn't sound too optimistic, but that's... <laughs> He's a good negotiator. That's the art of the deal. I also want to thank... <laughs> I also want to thank Sarah. Could you please stand up? You're so lovely, and you've been so nice to Melania. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Your turn. Was it Udisega? Yeah, please, go ahead. Mr. President, uh, in your vision for the new Middle East peace, are you ready to give up of the notion of two-state solution that was adopted by previous administration? And will you be willing to hear different ideas from the prime ministers as some of his partners are asking him to do, for example, annexation of parts of the West Bank and unrestricted settlement constructions? And one more question, are you going to fulfill your promise to move the US Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, and if so, when? And Mr. Prime Minister, did you come here tonight to tell Mr. The, the President that you are backing off the two-state solution? Thank you. So I'm looking at two-state and one-state, and I like the one that both parties like. I'm very happy with the one that both parties like. I can live with either one. Uh, I thought for a while the two-state looked like it may be the easier of the two. But honestly, if Bibi and if the Palestinians, if Israel and the Palestinians are, are happy, I'm happy with the one they like the best. As far as the embassy moving to Jerusalem, uh, I'd love to see that happen. We're looking at it very, very strongly. Uh, we're looking at it uh, with uh, great care, great care, believe me. Uh, and we'll see what happens, okay? Thank you. Um I read yesterday that an American official um, said that if you ask five people what two states would look like, hmm. you'd get eight different answers. Well, Mr. President, if you asked five Israelis, you'd get 12 different answers. But rather than deal with labels, I want to deal with substance. It's something I've hoped to do uh, for years in a world that's absolutely fixated on labels and not on substance. So here's the substance. There are two prerequisites for peace that I laid out two years, several years ago, and they haven't changed. First, the Palestinians must recognize the Jewish state. They have to stop calling for Israel's destruction. They have to stop educating their people for Israel's destruction. Second, in any peace agreement, Israel must retain the overriding security control over the entire area west of the Jordan River, because if we don't, we know what will happen. Because otherwise, we'll get another radical Islamic terrorist state in the Palestinian areas exploding the peace, exploding the Middle East. Now, unfortunately, the Palestinians vehemently reject both prerequisites for peace. First, they, they continue to call for Israel's destruction inside their schools, inside their, their mosques, inside the textbooks. You have to read it to believe it. This is so important. He's saying, we're going to continue with this press conference, but you need to hear what's taking place. 
inside their schools, the Palestinian leader, they're educating them to kill Jews, to say your vision is to be able to push Israel into the sea, that, that uh, Israel doesn't exist as a nation. As a matter of fact, this is what Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu put out for us to be able to understand. This is a video that goes out on the Palestinian national-wide channel of the Palestinian people, and this is what they hear, this is what they're teaching in their schools, and this is why you see so many angry people in the streets. Let's take a look now. I am the Palestinian child. My toys are the rock and the rifle. My friend, do you know what the 48 lands are? Haifa, Jaffa, Agar. Correct, and Nazareth, and many more cities in these lands. The 48 lands are all ours and will return to us, right? The official Palestinian Authority schools, the media, and mosques preach to kill Israelis just because they're Jews. And children emulate the murderous videos online. Take along a rock and knife. This incitement comes directly from the Palestinian leadership. We welcome every drop of blood spilled in Jerusalem. The result of this incitement is hundreds of terror attacks in the past few months. Dozens of Israelis were murdered in those terror attacks. About half of the terrorists are under the age of 18. This incitement fuels terror and prevents peace. Both the president and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu are saying, listen, that has to stop. Teaching the children to hate and to be able to practice killing Jews. That was the president of the Palestinian people saying, we want to see their blood. This is on their TV, what they're seeing every day. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and now our president saying, there is no deal unless that stops. We're going to continue with this press conference, which is a huge answer to prayer after this break. Join us after the break. TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to VFNTV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome, welcome back. We are going right into this awesome answered prayer of Very exciting. Uh, uh, President Donald Trump. President of America meeting with the Prime Minister of Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, where our countries are coming together in unity in every way possible. And this exciting, exciting um, uh, press conference has taken place. And he's going to talk about this. I think it's very important for us to remember as we rejoin the press conference at the White House, is that you know the reason why Chinese are called Chinese is because they're from China. The reason why Americans are called Americans is because they're from America. And the reason why Mexicans are called Mexicans is because they're from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And the reason why Jews are called Jews is they're, they're from Judea. So how in the world could the, the Arabs say that they're, you know, it's like, come on. And so we're seeing this new understanding, right understanding, this new great positive, biblically correct narrative come out. It is so exciting. Let's go back to the conference with, uh, press conference with BB, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and President Donald Trump as they take even more questions. They even, you know, they even deny, Mr. President, our historical connection to our homeland. And, and I suppose you have to ask yourself, why, why, do, why are Jews called Jews? Well, the Chinese are called Chinese because they come from China. The Japanese are called Japanese because they come from Japan. Well, Jews are called Jews 
because they come from Judea. This is our ancestral homeland. Jews are, are not foreign colonialists in Judea. So unfortunately, the Palestinians not only deny the past, they also poison the present. They name public squares in honor of mass murderers who murdered Israelis, and I have to say, who also murdered Americans. They, they fund, they pay monthly salaries to the families of murderers, like the family of the terrorist who killed Taylor Force, a wonderful young American, a West Point graduate, who was stabbed to death while visiting Israel. So this is the source of the conflict, the persistent Palestinian refusal to recognize a Jewish state in any boundary, this persistent rejectionism. That's the reason we don't have peace. Now that has to change. I want it to change. Not only have I not abandoned these two prerequisites of peace, they've become even more important because of the rising tide of fanaticism that has swept the Middle East and has also, unfortunately, infected Palestinian society. So I want this to change. I want those two prerequisites of peace, substance, not labels. I want them reinstated. But if anyone believes that I, as Prime Minister of Israel, responsible for the security of my country, would blindly walk into a Palestinian terrorist state, that seeks the destruction of my country, they're gravely mistaken. The two prerequisites of peace, recognition of the Jewish state and Israel's security needs west of the Jordan, they remain pertinent. We have to look for new ways, new ideas on how to reinstate them and how to move peace forward. And I believe that the great opportunity for peace comes from a regional approach from involving our newfound Arab partners in the pursuit of a broader peace and peace with the Palestinians. And I greatly look forward to discussing this in detail with you, Mr. President, because I think that if we work together, we have a shot. And we have been discussing that, and it is something that is very different, hasn't been discussed before. And it's actually a much bigger deal, a much more important deal in a sense. Uh, it would take in many, many countries, and it would cover a very large territory. So uh, I didn't know you were going to be mentioning that, but that's now that you did. I think it's a terrific thing. And I think we have some pretty good cooperation from people that in the past would never, ever have even thought about doing this. So we'll see how that works out. Okay. Uh, Katie from Town Hall. Where's Katie? Right there. Katie? Thank you, Mr. President. You said in your earlier remarks that both sides will have to make compromises when it comes to a peace deal. You've mentioned a uh, halt on settlements. Can you lay out a few more specific compromises that you have in mind, both for the Israelis and for the Palestinians? And Mr. Prime Minister, what expectations do you have from the new administration about how to either amend the Iran nuclear agreement or how to dismantle it altogether? and how to overall work with the new administration to combat Iran's increased aggression, not only in the last couple of months, but the past couple of years as well? It's actually an interesting question. I think that the Israelis are going to have to show some flexibility, which is hard. It's hard to do. Uh, they're going to have to show uh, the fact that they really want to make a deal. I think our new concept that we've been discussing actually for a while is something that allows them to show more flexibility than they have in the past because you have a lot bigger canvas to play with. 
and I think they'll do that. I think they very much would like to make a deal, or I wouldn't be happy, and I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't be as optimistic as I am. I really think the I, I can tell you from the standpoint of Bibi and from the standpoint of Israel, I really believe they want to make a deal, and they'd like to see the big deal. I think the Palestinians uh, have to get rid of some of that hate that they're taught from a very young age. They're taught tremendous hate. I've seen what they're taught. And you can talk about flexibility there, too. But it starts at a very young age, and it starts in the schoolroom. And they have to acknowledge Israel. They're going to have to do that. There's no way a deal can be made if they're not ready to acknowledge a very, very great and important country. And I think they're going to be willing to do that also. But now I also believe we're going to have, Katie, other players at a very high level. And I think it might make it easier on both the Palestinians and Israel to get something done. Okay? Thank you. Very interesting question. Thank you. You asked about Iran. One thing is preventing Iran from getting nuclear weapons, something that uh, President Trump and I I think are deeply committed to do, uh, and, and we are obviously going to discuss that. I think beyond that, President Trump has led a very important effort in the past few weeks, just coming into the presidency. He pointed out their violations, Iranian violations on ballistic missile tests. By the way, these ballistic missiles are inscribed in Hebrew. Israel must be destroyed. The, Palestine, the uh, rather, the Iranian uh, Foreign Minister Zarif said, well, well our Ballistic missiles are not intended against any country. No. They write on the missile in Hebrew, Israel must be destroyed. So challenging Iran on its violations of ballistic missiles, uh, imposing sanctions on uh, Hezbollah, preventing them, making them pay for the terrorism that they uh, foment throughout the Middle East and beyond, well beyond. Uh, I think that's a change that is clearly evident uh, in uh, since President Trump took office, I welcome that. I think it's, uh, let me say this very openly, I think it's long overdue. And I think that if we work together, and not just the United States and Israel, but so many others in the region who see eye to eye on the, uh, on the great magnitude and danger of the Iranian threat, then I think, uh, I think we can roll back Iran's aggression and danger. And that's something that is important for uh, Israel, the Arab states, but I think it's vitally important for America. These guys are developing ICBMs. They're developing, a, they want to get to a nuclear arsenal, not a bomb, a hundred bombs. And they want to have the ability to launch them everywhere on Earth, and including, and especially, eventually, the United States. So this is something that is important for all of us. I welcome the change. And I intend to work with President Trump very closely so that we can thwart this danger. Great. You have somebody? Boav? Mr. President, um, since your election campaign and uh, even after your victory, uh, we've seen a sharp rise in uh, anti-Semitic um, um, anti-Semitic incident across the United States. And I wonder what do you say to those among the Jewish community in the States and in Israel and maybe around the world who believe and feel that your administration is playing with xenophobia and maybe racist tones. 
And Mr. Prime Minister, um, do you agree to what the President just said about the need for Israel to restrain and to, or to stop settlement activity in the West Bank? And a quick follow-up on my friend's questions. Simple question, do you back off from your vision to the end of the conflict of two-state solution as you lay out in Bar Ilan speech, or you still support it? Thanks. Well, I just want to say that we are, you know, very honored by the victory that we had, 306 electoral college votes. Uh, we were not supposed to crack 220. You know that, right? There was no way to 221, but then they said there's no way to 270. I, I and there's tremendous enthusiasm out there. I will say that um, we are going to have peace in this country. We are going to stop crime in this country. We are going to do everything within our power to stop long-simmering racism and every other thing that's going on, because a lot of bad things have been taking place over a long period of time. I think one of the reasons I won the election is we have a very, very divided nation. Very divided. And hopefully, I'll be able to do something about that. And I, you know, it was something that was very important to me. Uh, as far as uh, people, Jewish people, so many friends, a daughter who happens to be here right now, a son-in-law, and three beautiful grandchildren, uh, I think that you're going to see a lot different United States of America over the next three, four, or eight years. Uh, I think a lot of good things are happening. And you're going to see a lot of love. You're going to see a lot of love. Okay? Thank you. I believe that the uh, issue of the settlements is not the core of the conflict, uh, nor does it really drive the conflict. I think it's an issue. It has to be resolved in the context of peace negotiations. Uh, and I think we'd also, we also are going to speak about it, President Trump and I, so we can arrive uh, at an understanding so we don't keep on bumping into each other all the time on this issue, and we're going to discuss this. Uh, on the uh, question you said, you just came back uh, with your question to the problem that I said. It's the label. What does Abu Mazen mean by two states, okay? What, what does he mean? A state that doesn't recognize the, the Jewish state a state that uh, basically is open for uh, uh, attack against Israel. You know, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Costa Rica? Or are we talking about another Iran? So obviously it means different things. I told you what are the conditions that I believe are necessary for an agreement. It's the recognition of the Jewish state, and it's Israel's, Israel's security control of the entire area. Otherwise, we're just fantasizing. Otherwise, we'll get another failed state, another terrorist uh, uh, dic Islamist dictatorship that will not work for peace, but work to uh, destroy us, but also destroy any hope, any hope for a, a peaceful future for our people. So I've been very clear about those conditions, and they haven't changed. I haven't changed. If you read what I said eight years ago, it's exactly that. And I repeated that again and again and again. If you want to deal with labels, deal with labels. I'll deal with substance. And finally, one, if I can respond to something that I know from personal experience. I've known President Trump for many years. And to allude to him, uh, or to his people, his team, some of whom I've known for many years too. Can I reveal, Jared, how long we've known you? <laughs> well, he, he was never small, he was always big. 
<laughs> was always tall. But I've, I've known the president and I've known his family and his team for a long time. And there is no greater supporter of the Jewish people and the Jewish state than President Donald Trump. I think we should put that to rest. Thank you very much. Very nice. I appreciate that very much. No greater supporter mm -hmm. of Israel than President Donald Trump. That is an answer to prayer. Oh Huge. my, thank God, goodness. This is like, I mean, for years yes. we've been praying for protection of Israel and probably you have too. And you've heard uh, Christians United for Israel you know, keeping mm -hmm. things on the fire. And we've been, you know, in communication with Avi Mizrahi, you know, mm -hmm. in Tel Aviv. And, and we're looking forward to hopefully working with Scott Volk in the, uh, the future in Israel. But the whole thing is, is like, this whole thing turned on a dime. Yes. And this is like a huge answer because the previous administration was leading us into a place where America was gonna be dealt with and dealt with harshly, mm -hmm. but we serve a merciful God. Yes. And that when we repent, and that is a repentance, when a president comes in and says, that's not who you are, we're gonna honor you, Israel. We're gonna yeah. honor who you are in the nations. We're gonna honor who you are in God. We're gonna honor your right to, to exist. I mean, that's a blessing. Yes. We got blessings coming. I know what Pastor John Kilpatrick said, the Church of His Presence, when he was delivering that prophetic word, and we had that on uh, VFN TV, and you can find that on VFNTV.com on the torch, but that there's a, this wealth transfer that's coming, this blessing, this financial blessing coming in such a way that everything's just gonna be different. And this is so different. This should actually encourage you and help you to be open to different. Yeah. And we're fixed to go to a break and we're gonna continue. We're gonna show you a Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at 28 years old in America speaking about this very same issue. He had hair then. <laughs> it's like when Pat used to have hair, yeah. he's got hair now. But before that, we want to be able to show you and give you this offer. This is a free offer to you for any gift whatsoever, becoming a VFN TV partner, and it's called Faith Mindsets. They matter. And I talk about it how, I talk about how the Lord creates faith in our life and five to six different ways. And so when you have faith, things begin to move, things begin to shape, and things begin to take place. Poverty doesn't move God. Pain doesn't move God. Whining, does whining move God? Nope. <laughs> no, it does not. You wouldn't know. Faith moves God. As a matter of fact, here's some more about the offer. Offer 2024, Faith Mindsets Matter, Part 2. Discover how the Lord creates faith and the importance of faith, hope, and love. There is nothing more exciting than to see the goodness of God respond to our confidence in His good plans for us and others. Faith. This message explores six ways the Lord creates and increases our faith and how we don't have to settle for small faith. Not only will you be inspired as you gain more understanding of how you can be proactive in the increasing of your faith, the foundation of the three most important pillars in the kingdom of God, faith, hope, and love, are laid out to give a fuller understanding and how love is not only required, but our reward. Partner now by going to vfntv.com and clicking on Partner Now. Or write to us by mail at vfntv at 40 West Nine Mile Road, number 2, PMB 360, Pensacola, Florida 32534. Or call us at 844-408-3688. That's Offer 2024, Faith Mindsets Matter, Part 2. Discover how the Lord creates faith and the importance of faith, hope, and love. Keeping the conversation light. 
Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. Is it lawful to censor religion at a public school graduation? This is Law and Justice with Jay Sekulow. I hear all the time around this time of year that valedictorians of high school classes aren't able to use the name of Jesus Christ in their speeches. We had a young man at a high school graduation I attended recently that not only proclaimed the name of Jesus as his Lord and Savior publicly, but explained that he was the only uh, way of salvation. And at the end of his speech, he received a standing ovation. There are young men and young women we're still allowed to do that. Well, Nancy, you know, that's great news. Because, and the fact of the matter is, if a student is selected as the valedictorian or the class president and they're entitled to speak, they cannot have a religious message censored. That's called viewpoint discrimination. The American Center for Law and Justice is here to defend our religious liberties. Learn more about the American Center for Law and Justice on our website at aclj.org. That's aclj.org. Today I would like to talk on the word consistency. It was sent in by Yvonne Donaldson from Sydney, Nebraska. Yvonne is a financial coach. I've often said that the bookends of success, the, the front end is initiative, the ability to start something, and the back end of success is the ability to close it, to finish it. But in between those two bookends of success, consistency is essential. You and I both know people, they're brilliant, but they're not consistent. They're creative, but they're not consistent. Now, what happens when we lack consistency? Well, we're not dependable. Leadership has to always be dependable. Leaders always have to be there. Leaders have to be that, that solid rock in which people can stand. And here's what I know. You don't have to be brilliant to be consistent. You don't have to be creative to be consistent but you have to be disciplined. And leaders are always aware that every day people depend upon them. And so therefore, consistency is essential to a leader's life. You know, Pat, the great thing about VFN Radio is that you can take it on the go with you. You can do that now with the VFN Radio app. No matter where you're at, you can continue to enjoy VFN Radio on the go. You can search for prophetic words, wisdom moments, and it's right there available. All you have to do is go to your search and your Google Play or your iPhone app store. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's totally amazing. Total download, free, doesn't cost you anything. Get the app today. Go to Android or iPhone, Google Play or iPhone app and search VFN TV and download. Free doesn't cost you a thing and take VFN radio on the go. Welcome back to VFN TV with your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome, welcome back. You know, I know that, you know, maybe you've joined us over the years, but we've been praying. We were concerned about Israel. We could not believe mm -hmm. the hostility and the anger that was coming. Uh, we had the, the video called Angry Birds. Yes. I wish we had that video now. We would show you. Do we have Angry Birds to be able to show this? I want you to be able to see this because this friendliness now that we have of a president who is for, you know, um, Israel and Jewish people, for Christians Israel, and for yes. Jews and state of Israel, you got to see this because we're coming out of a presidency that was hostile, mm -hmm. very hostile uh, to Israel. And we have so much to be thankful for. I noticed this, though, during that hostility, 
people shifted. People's mindset shifted. The church came awake. Israel came awake. Other uh, Arab countries began to understand that Israel is a friendly mm-hmm. uh, nation to us. And, uh, um, and what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it around for good. As a matter of fact, take, take it, I want you to look. Now, this is exactly how, for the last eight years, that the previous president, President Barack Obama, mm-hmm. treated the same prime minister that you saw this wonderful yeah. relationship with. Uh, and it was just shocking, but it was consistent, even to the point where he poked him in the chest in the Oval Office. Uh, the President Obama poked Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in the chest. It was like, what is going on right here? As a matter of fact, let's go back and look at the contrast of what we had and what God has done. Take a look. You know, you, you said the other day to Jeffrey Goldberg in an interview that you plan to be around 20 years from now. Yeah. Therefore, you'll feel responsible if Iran gets nuclear yes. by then. And I just realized perhaps you plan to be many years more around, if only to postpone the moment that Bibi comes speak at the funeral. <laughs> that was one of my better jokes. You enjoyed the punch, did you? That was, uh, that, that, that was a good joke. I, you know, can we skip the part in which you tell me there's nothing personal between you two? Yeah, you know, I will tell you this. I, 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 when I'm with Bibi, we have good conversations. They're tough. They're forceful. We disagree, but uh, I enjoy jousting with him. Did you I, enjoy I, I the meeting? You remember the meeting four years ago here at the White House when he took the time to speak about some chapters in Jewish yeah. history? I could see your jaws locked. Oh, no. I think the, I was probably just uh, uh, hungry and waiting for lunch. <laughs> There's no doubt that, that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and I come from different political traditions and have different orientations. Do you see that the very last picture was President Barack Obama with a Palestinian leader who you just saw in this program that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu talked about what's on their national television mm-hmm. was asking for the blood of Jews. And that was on one side of him. The other side of, of, of President Obama was Israel. This is a huge contrast. This is exciting days, the fact that America is openly friends with Israel again from the head down. And these are exciting days. I'm excited to see that even at the prayer breakfast, you know, that we uh, showed you uh, on VFN TV when uh, President Trump got up and spoke, but also the the Senate chaplain got Mm -hmm. up and spoke, and he is a vice admiral. Powerful speech. Powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. But in that audience was the king of Jordan. King Abdullah. Yeah, he was right there. And you're looking at this thing coming together. And, you know, King Abdullah is definitely a friend of America and it looks like becoming a friend of Israel. Now, yes. listen, we have available for you on VFNTV.com on the torch. I want you to see a little piece of it right here. You probably can see. This is, uh, this is Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu before he was prime minister. He's 28 years old and he's coming in and he's testifying on behalf of Israel. And he's saying the same thing then mm-hmm. that he's saying now. And it's like, just stay consistent. And But he's 28 year, years old. As a matter of fact, you can hear just a little bit of his testimony. This right there, hear a little bit of his testimony. On this question before the House tonight. Mr. Natai, is the issue of self-determination the core of the conflict in the Middle East? No, I don't believe it is. The real core of the conflict is the unfortunate Arab refusal to accept the state of Israel. And I think, as was mentioned earlier, for 20 years, the Arabs had both the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. And if self-determination were, as they now say, the core of the conflict, they could have easily established a Palestinian state then, but they didn't. When did the issue arise? This is so exciting. So you can see this entire, uh, I think it's like 10 minutes mm-hmm. of hearing, uh, you know, 
Bibi was went to school in uh, hey, America. He was he's, graduated from MIT. He's just as much American as he is. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And that's how you could be friends so long with with Jared, which is President Trump's son. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's just exciting days. You can watch the entire uh, interview. Uh, the young man with hair, 28 years old, giving the same. <laughs> Uh, message and lecture about listen we got to be able to protect Israel he's talking about what is the argument that he's presenting there at this forum is why Israel does not need to be a divided state the one state solution is what he's debating when we come back from this break I just came back from a a Toby Mac concert and one of the particular singers there one that sings you know I am an overcomer uh, was there and we're gonna have uh, yeah Medisa She was on a, uh, a program, like a talent show type program, American Idol, something of that nature. But she's the one that sings, I am an overcomer, and we're gonna have a young child putting us into a place like, man, we gotta live a life of gratitude. Right. This kid is going through medical treatment, she has a feeding tube in her nose, and she is just praising God and singing and declaring she's a, an overcomer. So make sure you join us after the break. TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. You've lost so much already. I don't want to lose you, too. Ain't it just like a tear to go and blur out? I just showed up in my mailbox with no tracks in the snow. You're not thinking about going back there, are you? I gotta do something. This is all I got. Ain't it just like love to leave a mark on the skin and underneath? Welcome, welcome back. Well, I had a great time at the Toby Mac concert. I was so glad I got there before he was drawing Social Security. <laughs> I've been trying to see this guy for so long. He came out with this great new uh, album called This Is This Is a this Test. Is not this is not a test. And uh, like three times I tried to book the concert to be able to go, and I had to move it and couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And finally the Lord dealt with him and had him come <laughs> to uh, our own city, yes. city of Pensacola, uh, and uh, he did a, an odd thing, had a concert on Tuesday night. They never do concerts on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. And it was on Valentine's Day night as well. And he had Third Day and other groups that were there with him. But Medisa was there. Was that Medisa's Medisa. Medisa. She sings the song, You Are an Overcomer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a powerful testimony that she gave right there. And I don't know if you've ever heard this song. You probably heard it on the radio, but you may not have seen the artist. But I want you to take a look. This is her at the Dove Awards, and she's delivering this, this song. And she's came through. She's come through a big, big, difficult time in her life, and she she came out there and declared it in the face of that tragedy and sang this song in at the Bayfront Auditorium, you know, with Toby Mackinac. It was just a powerful thing. As a matter of fact, let's take a look.
That is so awesome. We so enjoyed mm -hmm. uh, her being a part of Toby Mass concert. But this is a young little girl. She's in the hospital. She has a feeding tube in her nose. And she is declaring these words that I am an overcomer. Mm -hmm. It's going to bless your heart. Take a look. Let me hear it. Exciting, isn't it? It is like See, well, I, would, dance I cannot believe that anybody would complain. This girl's yeah. got so much gratitude. I just want to pray with you right now and just thank God for this moment. Dear Lord, we just come yes. to you right now and thank you yes, for our nude 
renewed relationships with Israel. I thank you for we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We mm -hmm. pray in God for wisdom for our president and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu how to be able to move in these days. Unity in the uh, Middle Eastern nations, God. Breakthrough in these areas. Peace. We pray that you would rid the earth of people who mean harm to others, radical Islamic terrorism, God. And we pray right now, Father God, for this little girl's healing. Yes. We thank you for Medisa and letting us know and reminding us that we're overcomers, God. And we pray, Lord, that you would end abortion, send revival, send a third great awakening, we pray. In Jesus' name, God bless. We want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors and partners. Visit VFNTV.com and visit our sponsors for all of their contact information, phone numbers, web addresses, emails. Call them today. I'm your host, Greg Lancaster, and we're so glad that you joined us. Don't forget you can join us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download our app and sign up for our newsletter, The Torch, at vfntv.com. I've enjoyed our time together. God bless. You know, there's something about when you first get saved that the first thing that most people think about is like, there's nobody, there's nobody like me. And you're very thankful. You're grateful that God has forgiven you, but you're not sharing with anybody because you look at everybody else. And you think, well, obviously all these folks are walking on water. Yeah, right. I mean, they talk about these like these books. They got the books memorized. You know, they got like this book of uh, Malachi and you know Matthew and uh, Jonathan. You know, whatever. They <laughs> and so you know, they're just like, oh my goodness. And the greatest thing that that we can do for each other is to tell them our story. That's right. To let them know, you know, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. People get hope when they find out you needed Jesus too. That's right. They get hope when they find out you're a sinner too, saved by grace, that, that God reached down in the depths of hell mm -hmm. and darkness and, 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 and just great calamity and all your attempts to, to find yourself. And he introduced his father through himself to you when you got saved. Mm-hmm. Sharing your story. Everybody's got a story. That's right. And we share a few of them. We share a few of them with you at meetmyfather.org. Well, listen, the whole purpose of Jesus' ministry was to make the Father known. That's our purpose. And our ministry is to make the Father known to you through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, get to know God through his awesome, awesome son, Jesus Christ. Go to meetmyfather.org. You've got to meet my father. Meetmyfather.org. You've got to meet him.